0: On this week's episode, is it truly the end of the DC movie universe, the potential for a new source for science fiction, and is it time for some drastic changes with Overwatch? All this and more as we once again delve into the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos
0: and we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos this is gerald glassford from pop culture cosmos and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows as we cover the world of pop culture once on monday once on friday and you know every now and then we throw stuff in the middle of the week as well but it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend he is the centurion of Humanity media you got to check out everything that's going on today at HumanicaMedia.com, Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend, it is Josh Peterson, who just released the 100th episode of Topic Apocalypse. Congratulations, my friend.
2: Thank you. If anyone reads the show notes, you can tell that we did not think the podcast would go this far, so we're all... Alive and kicking. It's still getting some downloads, so uh, thank you. If you're one of the many people who've clicked on that, we certainly appreciate it. Hopefully we'll have another 100 episodes in the bank here soon with more guest appearances by Gerald Glassford here.
0: Although I will say it's going to be hard for me in the next couple of weeks because I'm tied up with Girl Scout cookies here. It seems to me my life for the next at least two more weeks.
2: Do you know you're providing people with a service that they need and they're very grateful for. I hope so. I'm
0: glad they're getting their sugar fix, but it does leave me one tired pop culture host. But it is going to be a great show we have for you today. We're going to be talking about a lot of things going on when it comes to pop culture with Captain Marvel, which they were so excited for. It's finally coming out this week. We cannot get enough of it, but it seems like there's some real anger and angst when it comes to the Captain Marvel movie that's coming out. We're going to talk more about that here in a sec. Also as well, a movie came out that has a lot of people talking about the future possibilities for the science fiction genre. We're going to be talking about, want to talk about Amazon and their future plans to battle Netflix as well. Plus, Stereo Monroy is back. The guys from GameSource, Tony and Jamie Monroy, they're back talking Pokemon Sword and Shield and also what Overwatch needs to do to get back in good graces with gamers. But first off, my friend, this continues from our last show, the Friday show, PCC Multiverse. If you want to hear our thoughts, part one per se, on what's going on with the DC Movie Universe, you just got to check it out. It's right there on Podbean and so many other podcast catchers. We wanted to go ahead and continue another part of the discussion that the head of Warner Brothers Studios, Kevin Sujihara, when he was talking to the LA Times, He also mentioned, among other things, that he thinks the way that things are lining up now with Shazam, the Joker prequel, Wonder Woman 1984, Birds of Prey, and some other stuff coming down the line like the Batman and whatnot. He just thinks that there's some things that are going on differently that he likes to see, more tightness when it comes to the focus on each and every movie, but also as well the fact that they're not going to focus on an extended, connected DC universe. Your thoughts on that, uh, his comments continuing to create a lot of buzz that a DC universe, which I would like to see, doesn't look like it's going to be coming to fruition anytime soon. And that each of the movies that are coming up in the future are going to be solely focused on just trying to tell their own narrative instead of a larger overall theme.
2: A lot of the stuff coming, we discussed this previously on before the show started, but uh, a lot of the stuff that's coming out regarding that, regarding his comments, are very misleading because he's not saying that they're not going to be connecting these universes at all. It just means that the movies are going to be focused more on standalone things. And then he said in the future, they're going to revisit putting them all together again. So they're going to develop the characters, but they're going to have them focus on their own narratives right now, which is really what they should have done in the first place and started with Batman. And then, you know, we got our man of steel and so on and so forth. But I like this because once these characters are all fleshed out and then they decide to bring them all together in the future, that's going to be a lot stronger than what they had with justice league.
0: I agree with you on that. The, the actual narratives of the actual self-contained movies will actually be better. And yes, they will have their own universes. Like for instance, they teased possibly Black Manta returning in the sequel to Aquaman, which I think is what coming in 2022, if I'm not mistaken. And they're talking about extending their own universes for each and every successful movie that they have. Let's say Shazam becomes successful. A Shazam 2 probably will be teased at some point, whether it's within its own entity or something else. I'm just going to say this. I think maybe it is the right decision, even though I'm sad to see that they will not be trying to go ahead and make an overt effort to connect everything as far as the movies together as of now. I think it's probably the right move for DC because look, the Wonder Woman movie, when it focused solely on really trying to tell its own narrative that's when it worked the best as far as with audiences and the same thing goes for aquaman you know what at at this point in time instead of just trying to go ahead and and have those other storyline factors although it did briefly mention what happened a year ago with the justice league movie so it does tell a little bit of that but it's something that probably is for the best i'm just not happy with it because i want an overarching narrative but now it tells me i don't have to see every dc movie if i don't want to because i won't be missing anything with the marvel movies even if there's a movie that we don't like like for instance you and i didn't particularly care for guardians of the galaxy volume 2 we thought that was a subpar movie probably one of the lesser movies to come out in the recent past for marvel We could not have skipped that movie because it still tells so much of an important story when it concerned the overall narrative and Thanos coming on the way and obviously the events leading up to Avengers Infinity War. Now it tells me maybe if I don't want to go see a Birds of Prey or maybe if I don't want to go see a Joker prequel or Shazam or anything else coming up, I don't necessarily have to see it because you know what? I'm not missing something as far as an overall scheme when it comes to a DC movie universe because as of right now, there's really not going to be much of an extended universe at this point in time. I might be
2: misinterpreting, but they're still going to be connected. There's still going to be Easter eggs of other films inside these movies like Shazam. But they'll be Hedge very or,
0: small. they
2: are very, very small. Right, right. So they're leaving it. So when they choose to bring these heroes all together, they won't have to... Uh, you know, readjust storylines to do that. So they—they they all, I guess, technically do still exist in the same universe. But you know, like you said, it's not like how Marvel was building up towards Thanos. Like with Justice League, they didn't. There wasn't any buildup at all. You know, there's there's absolutely nothing except you know a few clips in uh, Batman vs Superman. But Marvel spent all that time building up to that one thing, whereas. DC, they're going to have to come up with some kind of thread to pull them all together, whether it's Infinite Earth or uh, Injustice or whatever. I know that's what Zack Snyder wanted to build up to, was Injustice, but they're going to have to take some time to plan that. For now, I'm glad they are developing these characters, and if the rumors are true, uh, I think Arnie Hammer is close to closing a deal to play Batman, which could be really cool, but they really do need to focus on fleshing out these characters, and once they have them all fleshed out, I think that the DC universe could be looking pretty good.
0: I hope so. And they're trying to go about it in a better fashion. So I got to give them props for doing that. They're on a high note right now with the success of Aquaman. So you cannot argue with box office success. It looks like the fans are right now are tolerating and actually approving of what DC is using. So when it comes down to it, even though I would like a larger story arcing narrative at this point, all we're going to get are, like you say, is an Easter egg here, an Easter egg there. Like, for instance, we've seen already in the trailers for Shazam, you saw the Batarang from Batman, mentioned, little mentions, I think, like a news clipping for Superman or something like that. Just small, like you said, Easter eggs from this point forward until they feel comfortable once again to go ahead and say, hey, we're going to go ahead and build this to a possible Justice League 2, or like you said, Infinite Earth, or some." cataclysmic event that they have to go ahead and come together as a unit once again. But right now, each of the the stars of the DC movie universe are going to be doing their own thing in their own movies in their own universes for now. And I guess that's for the better, even though for many fans like myself that likes an overarching reason to go ahead and understand whether it's end credit scenes, mid credit scenes, or just something within the overall movie itself pointing to a larger theme We're really not going to get much of that for now. And with Warner Brothers, I think that's probably the right move, even though for fans like me, that may not be the thing that I want to hear the most right now from Warner Brothers and the DC movie universe. We've also got a lot of other things to talk about when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe because it's dropping this week, my friend. It is dropping this week. It is Captain Marvel. I'm excited to see it. I know you are excited to see it as well but a lot of other people that are out there in the troll lands and in the other places of the where the dark web or anything of like that that gets together and meets up for doing all that that mean and angry type stuff that's out there they're doing a lot of trolling on captain marvel i've seen that's popped up on my youtube channel uh, that when i'm going ahead and, and looking for youtube videos to watch catching up to date on all that's going on in pop culture I see a lot of stuff going on as far as uh, negative videos for, on Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel's not going to do this, why Captain Marvel's going to bomb, why Captain Marvel's going to tank, Carol Danvers versus this, Brie Larson is not doing well at that, Brie Larson said this, this is why Captain Marvel's going to fail because Captain Marvel did that. And then you go to sites like Rotten Tomatoes and trolls and misogynistic individuals that really just are, are really giving it a negative view already are already review bombing Rotten Tomatoes to the point where they're now having to go ahead and change the way they do things as far as user reviews. Your thoughts on all this trolling that's going on, closed-minded views, and basically just hate. Why all this hate for Captain Marvel at this point? And why all the hate for Captain Marvel at this point when the movie hasn't even come out yet and people need to give it a chance before you go ahead and just do all that stuff. But then again, this is the internet, so why am I even talking about it?
2: I think trolling, especially trolling something pre-release, is a an attempt to be relevant in a conversation that hasn't even been had yet. I totally understand, or I don't understand. I, I don't like the I don't like trolling. I just I'm not a fan of it, and it, it just it's why are you attacking something that you probably couldn't even do yourself? You know, as far as making movies goes. But I have a weird position on this because I. I'm stoked to see Captain Marvel. so don't don't take this the wrong way. But Marvel also has this thing they're doing lately where they're they're trying they're kind of setting themselves up for this type of thing, though. like it, it feels to me like they're ever since Black Panther, they're they're always trying to make they're trying to make political statements now. and it's it's one of those things where they don't have to say that. They can just say Captain Marvel is a hero for girls, and that's cool. like that's fine. but they're doing all these interviews where the writer and the director are, Are saying, Yeah, we set out to make this statement. Like, and they don't need to do that kind of thing because that's what's going to start getting the fires burning. And I don't know. You know, we talked, I, I told you about Target. Have you been, did you go to Target after I told you about all the, did you see any of that stuff?
0: I did get a chance to quickly check out Target. And yes, it is loaded with Captain Marvel. So if you're a Captain Marvel fan that wants to go ahead and get some cool swag before you go ahead and check out the movie, that's the place to go. Or if you see the movie this weekend or in the coming days and you want cool places to go to go get some Captain Marvel swag, Target should be paying us for this. Yes, pop into a Target and go ahead and check that out because like you said, there is a lot of stuff there for Captain Marvel. And that for me is good to see. I know you said it went a little bit overboard, but I'm thinking right now, whatever sticks, what other people buying in Captain Marvel is cool by me because you know what? It, It just shows that finally we're getting to a point where people are more accepting of this. Wonder Woman broke a lot of ceilings as far as where we thought superhero movies could go. And this takes it even further. Black Widow will take it even further. And people have just got to stop this this type of hate before the movie even comes out. Let people judge for themselves and and stop being so backwards as far as their mentality is concerned. We saw this last year with Black Panther. I don't remember seeing as much of it on Wonder Woman, although there was some, but definitely to me, this looks like it's something that uh, it just is really bad for what you're seeing with captain marvel i know you got some flack after the movie but i'm talking about before the movie right
2: right okay so you know this this all goes back to a thing remember we we talked about this during our oscar episodes where i said that there should always have been diversity the movies should have always been women leading movies like uh, alita battle angel led by a woman protagonist and i loved it it was a great movie but we're at this point where this is going to keep happening, especially because movies like Black Panther, movies like Captain Marvel, movies like Bohemian Rhapsody, I guess, or Green Book or whatever these movies are. They're all being marketed very, very politically. If companies stop doing that, I feel like the trolls would be slightly lessened, maybe. But then again, this is the age of the Internet and people are going to find reasons to hate anything because everyone has a voice. Social media, you, you aggregate sites, you know, Rotten Tomato. You give people a chance to have a voice on anything and you're going to get negativity out of it. But at the same time, like, when are we going to get to that point where we can go and see a movie and have a female protagonist and not be pressured into liking it? Black Panther, like I felt a lot of pressure into liking that movie. It's just the way that they're marketing these movies is kind of isolating people, I feel, in a way. But again, back to the trolls, I don't like the trolls and they have no right to do something like that.
0: Like you said, there is no place for these trolls, these misogynistic fools that are out there that think they can go ahead. And just because there's a woman at the front, at the lead, that it's not something that people should watch. You know what? Let people decide for themselves. Let them go ahead and be entertained or not so entertained by whatever it is they see on the screen and let them decide from there. It's just not good for these type of individuals who are wasting their time and not putting it out to better, more positive reinforcing things by going out and doing more positive things that are out there instead of going ahead. And you know what? Oh, there's a woman that's going to be starring and leading a superhero role. We can't like that. We can't like that. That's not fair. That's not right. That's not what it should be all about. You should give whether it's a man or whether it's a woman, whatever, any of a race, whatever. You know, we, like you said, diversity shouldn't be so much of an issue to the point where it still have to feel like we're breaking barriers. It should have already taken place. Diversity in movies should already have been there to this point. There shouldn't have been this type of format where now we're finally getting to the point where we're getting closer to that point where we should have been so long ago. It's just a shame that we have to go ahead and still single out these type of issues and go ahead and react so poorly to it and we're still going to see it when black widow comes out it just seems like you're right in the age of the internet it just seems to backfire on you when you go ahead and you share opinion that not everybody else has
2: right and i i said the same thing about black panther i liked the movie didn't love it and i still got a lot of crap about saying that anytime i say that to anyone but you know it's weird okay two things here one black widow i actually don't think is going to get this much crap because she's been someone that we've been following for a very long time so she's already well established with both men and and women fans so i i'm kind of thinking maybe that won't be so much of an issue with her movie especially because movies like red sparrow are, are out and stuff like that and everyone's like well it's basically a black widow movie but who knows but um, no, uh, don't
0: don't go there because red sparrow was one of the worst movies of 20s right right but it
2: it had the same like feel as the very tiny origin story of black widow we got in age of ultron and my other statement here is again like this is i i'm stoked to see captain marvel always loved her character in the comic book so don't get me wrong here but i think marvel kind of set themselves up to be trolled the moment they had their writer and director go on and basically say Yeah, we did make this movie to make a statement. Like, if people go in to see the movie, they should, you know, go into it getting what they're going to get out of it instead of having the writer and director tell you what they want you to get out of it, if
0: that makes sense. That it does. And it comes down to this people need to decide for themselves whether or not they want to go see the movie, and if they end up liking the movie when they go see it. I know a ton of people are going to go see it. I know even with all the distractions, with all the hate that's out there, with all the the trolling and with all the misogynistic comments that are out there, you know what? It's still going to do gangbusters at the box office. It's still projected to do over $100 million domestically here and will probably end up at least for a while until Avengers Endgame comes out. It will be one of the biggest hits of the year, although we'll talk a little bit more about that here later in the episode about who's doing what at the box office. But for now, Captain Marvel has us excited. I cannot wait to go see it. I know Josh cannot wait to go see it. We'll hopefully be able to share our thoughts this weekend. In fact, we're going to share our thoughts at least on our Monday episode, if not sooner on our Friday episode. So we'll definitely keep you up to date on what's going on with Captain Marvel because I know it's a big story that's coming out in pop culture. A lot of people have been looking forward to it and I know Captain Marvel fans everywhere and Captain Marvel trolls everywhere have all their eyes set on what's going on this Friday. What are your thoughts out there on both the DC movie universe and also as well Captain Marvel shares her thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanity Comedia, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram
3: as well. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial! Wait, do do people still use dials?
0: Looking for an edge? The next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands! Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance giving you a better gaming experience. Head to miraclefruitoil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vita brace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speed run or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at miraclefruitoil.com. That's miraclefruitoil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. Well, my friend, Netflix is still reigning on top as the big boy in town when it comes to streaming out there. But you know what? Everybody seems to have their different plan of attack on how they want to go ahead and compete with Netflix. Amazon recently announced that they're going to go ahead and compete in a different way when it comes to standing at some sort of level against Netflix with 30 different type of movies. They're not actually going to throw everything in the kitchen sink from what they're trying to do, comparatively speaking, to Netflix. It's something that even though that dollar for dollar, Amazon does have the dollars to back up and match what Netflix is doing, they are still one of the the best places to go as far as streaming is concerned, but they really don't want to match dollar for dollar with Netflix, even though they can your thoughts on Amazon's new approach to what they're doing as far as their slate coming up. I know the Lord of the Rings is is something that they're big on that they wanna go ahead and complete as a series. I know that's just been teased with the map, not really anything really tangible so far on that, but they they have spent what close to a, a half a billion for the rights to go ahead and create something within that universe for Amazon. They're also talking, like I said, about 30 different movies coming out within the course of the next year that they're going ahead and compete with Netflix. Your thoughts on Amazon's chances with their new focus on trying to compete with Netflix. Is it something tangible? Is it something feasible? Or do you think they really need to do more to go ahead and be on the same level as Netflix? It's going to be
2: a long road for them because it's... Because they're already putting out a lot. And I know that they have they signed deals with Jeremy Clarkson and Richard Hammond and James May to each have them do more shows on top of the Grand Tour based around things that they're interested in. So I imagine James May will do something about trains, but they're they're doing their best to to secure all of this original content. But you know, with 30 movies coming down the pipeline, even more series coming out, I know Bosch is doing really well. With all this stuff happening, they're going to have to, it's it's the release I think that matters because if they don't trickle these things out and they just throw it all out there at once, kind of throw it up onto their platform, people are going to get really overwhelmed with it. Like I already have a difficult enough time trying to find things to watch on Amazon Prime.
0: Well, I will say it's gonna be ten movies that are shown to big theaters to you know that are theatrically released and twenty that are just going straight to Got the it. Amazon Prime service.
2: Okay. Yeah, because you know, that's another thing. Like Manchester by the Sea won some awards. I know The Only Living Boy in New York won a couple awards from indie film festivals. I, I don't want them to dampen the quality of their movies. They make good movies, they just need to do something about how they release them, because you know Netflix puts out a lot of original movies, but a lot of them are garbage, too. So it's not exactly you know they're not exactly award winners or anything. And Amazon already has the unique stance of being having films and indie film festivals, and they have they have they have their laurels already. So trying to compete with Netflix can also be very dangerous in terms of people being able to take them seriously and what kind of quality they're putting into things. Granted, they do have some good shows out there. I'm a huge fan of Grand Tour, Mountain High Castle, things like that. But uh, Netflix is is kind of feels like a whole different platform to me. How, where do you stand on this, though?
0: Well, with your comments there, you almost sound like Netflix is patterning itself to be the the Nintendo Wii of the streaming universe. As far as that's concerned, is, is that wrong though? <laughs> it, it, well, it did, it worked out well for Nintendo for the Nintendo Wii, so. You know what? That's Right now, they are on top, and they have close to 90 movies that they're going to be releasing this year, as opposed to Amazon's plan, which like I was saying, for the the rest of 2019, that they're looking at targeting 10 movies theatrically that they're going to release on a theatrical basis, and then 20 more direct to prime video movies that they're going to go ahead and produce over the course of the next year or so it's kind of, I mean, if you're just looking for bulk, if you're just looking for a lot of stuff that's coming out there and variations, something new to go at, you are still going to go ahead and tune into Netflix. Those have to be of a higher quality on almost every occasion when it comes to what Amazon's doing, if you want to go ahead and have them compete or actually be a viable alternative to Netflix. So, No, they're not going to match dollar for dollar and they're not going to match movie for movie as far as quantity is concerned. It has to be in the quality component that people have to consistently see when it comes to Amazon. Similar to what people think of when you're talking about HBO. When something comes out with HBO, you're thinking of maybe the more higher brow as far as a product is concerned, a little bit higher quality. HBO also doesn't put out the quantity of what Netflix does, but it is perceived to be at a much higher quality on a per movie ratio or a per series ratio than what Netflix does, at least at this point in time.
2: Yeah, so, well, I know HBO stars, like, they don't, they're more focused on original series as opposed to movies, and they have good content. You know, they they put money into it. It's well-produced. Like, they're the ones that got this whole trend started, whereas Netflix is, is really, like, they... You know, I don't know how their format, I bet we could talk to Rob about this, but how their format works where they, they'll buy content from people and they'll give them a certain share of royalties or whatever. But Netflix is really just content collectors. They're not really, well, they do make some good original stuff. They have more collected content than they do, I'm thinking, originally produced stuff. So it, well, well,
0: for every Roma, they also have the Cloverfield Paradox. Right. So, yeah. Right
2: right so they they collect things from different studios whereas hbo stars uh, amazon too are more focused on the budget that they put into things like uh, what was it lord of the rings i think it was estimated to cost half a billion half a billion but it's also there's planning on spending like four million per episode or something like that so
0: oh yeah they're they're dishing out the big money which i'm excited to see and that's something that could get audiences away from netflix if the show or the series is good enough to be something that people will need as a replacement once a certain show on hbo goes away
2: right right and that's a good point so i mean i know hbo is working on spinoff series or whatever but let me ask you i have a question for you okay do you think with these platforms going big like this making these big productions do you think that the talented directors in hollywood will start moving away from big budget blockbusters and start going more towards these because they have the opportunity to tell these stories they're passionate about in longer forms that are more fleshed out so no longer will like ridley scott need to put out a director's cut of something in order to tell the story he's trying to tell maybe we'll see an alien series down the line who knows but do you think that that's a possibility
0: That could be a possibility of special editions released to these streaming outlets or to the highest bidder, whoever that may be, which as you and I both know, right now Netflix is spending the cash freely and they're just grabbing stuff at film festivals. They're doing their own stuff originally and they're also going ahead and reaching out to other entities and major studios and production companies to try and grab their stuff too. When it comes down to make choices, Netflix is still probably one of the safest bets out there. But with Amazon's new plan of attack on how it wants to compete with Netflix, even though dollar for dollar they can, it looks like for now, at least in the near future, dollar for dollar, they won't. What are your thoughts out there on Amazon competing with Netflix? Share us your thoughts, Pop Culture Cosmos and Yahoo.com. Also, as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up next, we got the guys from Game Source, Jamie and Tony Monroy. They're going to be talking about Pokemon Sword and Shield coming to the Nintendo Switch, plus the future of Overwatch, how it's real cloudy now, but some ideas on how to make it a lot better. They're going to talk about that coming up right after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos.
3: Get ready for Box Art, a gaming docu-series from Pyre Productions and Rob McCallum Films. If you love video games, chances are there's a box cover or cover image that you love and has stuck with you for decades. In our series, Box Art, we travel across North America to visit with the unknown illustrators and artists responsible for creating the most iconic gaming images of all time. What was once scheduled to be a 90-minute documentary is now a six-episode season packed with unbelievable tales that paint a picture of the gaming industry you've never imagined. Just one of the many popcorn Culture Projects from Rob McCallum, Empire Productions.
0: We are back. It's so great to have you here listening to us. It is my good friends. They are Stereo Monroy. It is my good friends, Mr. Tony Monroy, and also his old man, although he's not even anywhere near as old as I am, Jamie Monroy. How are you guys? I'm catching up. I'm catching up. No, no I'm, I'm distancing myself from you. I'm, I'm going into a new decade very, very shortly, which I'm not very happy about. But at uh, least I'm still going to it.
4: I go to a new her. one this year.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm still ahead of you. Still waiting. <laughs> and then we've got the young gun right here, Mr. Tony Monroy. First off, the big news out there from the latest Nintendo Direct is Pokemon Sword and Shield. Gen 8 is alive, or at least it's on the way, that is. Your guys' thoughts on what's going on with Pokemon Sword and Shield. Is it too soon for another Pokemon to be hitting the Nintendo Switch as this one, this version, or versions, however you like to say it, it is hitting the Switch later on this year, right around the time for the holidays. Imagine that. Your thoughts on a Pokemon so soon after the success of Pokemon Eevee and Pokemon Pikachu.
1: So... When Let's Go was announced, it, it was very um, very mixed, but that's because we've been waiting for either a remake of an older region or another main series game, and that's what we've gotten here. So I, I don't think it's too soon because Pokemon is, is one of the biggest staples along there with Nintendo, and we've been waiting for a main series game on the Switch for a while now, and I'm glad we got it. Everyone seemed to be ex- really excited for this. I've seen overall positive things so far.
0: I know they've gotten a lot in pre-orders. They're at the top of the list at Amazon. If you really want a deal out there, you're not going to pretty much find much in the way of a deal yet for pre-ordering Pokemon Sword and Shield. Unless you are a My Best Buy customer, then you get $10 off. Just a little heads up for you out there. But Jamie, your thoughts on Pokemon Sword and Shield Do you think it's actually kind of too soon for maybe a a new Pokemon, at least on the Nintendo Switch side? Do you think they should have maybe thrown out a successor to Pokemon Go already?
4: I think I see it both ways. It is kind of a little too soon, but on the same notion, it's really not because you could look at Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee as more of a a revamp and a rehype for Pokemon Go, as well as, you know, the hype man, so to speak for the new upcoming Sword and Shield. That's
0: right. And I know there's a lot of things that people want to talk about when it comes to the new Pokemon Sword and Shield. Your thoughts, Tony, on Pokemon Sword and Shield having, well, let's say a a difference as far as based in the UK or some of the differences with the game that you think is interesting that people need to know about before they go ahead and
1: invest money into Pokemon Sword and Shield. We don't have a lot of info right now because all we got was a seven minutes of direct. However, with what we do know right now, we know from the map, the way it's laid out, it's a vertically laid out region called the Galler region. It's based on the UK. There's a lot of hints at Stonehenge, things like that, Mo- big monuments that are, that are in there. And I think that's really, um, really interesting. And I think that'll bring a lot more attention to it, especially from obviously <laughs> the UK itself. And the the visuals, the visuals will catch everyone's attention because even with the unfinished footage we saw, it was just so good. And even compared to Let's Go, the way that they have things shaded, the way they're taking advantage of these switches, hardware is just amazing. And I think it's going to not only help them sell more copies of the games, but with it being in late 2019, it's going to help them sell a lot more switches as well, especially if they do something like a bundle or something like that. And I think that's, that's going to catch everyone's attention with this main series game.
0: To me, that's going to be kind of hard making a bundle out of it. reason why is because you would have to choose a Pokemon Sword or Pokemon Shield. I right. know Nintendo likes something very clean as far as one game, You know, like they did last holiday with Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. It was just one game, one format. That's what you buy. You get the download code right there. Bingo, bammo. With Sword and Shield, you would have to make alternate versions of the same type of boxing and i don't think they're in the same mindset that sony or microsoft does where every christmas or holiday or in the last what six months of the year they'll put up like seven eight different versions of whatever xbox one they can based on whatever popular game they want to attach to it that's the only reason why i would see that they would be against that although that's i still think like like they still have more up their sleeve as far as the game that's going to come this holiday Outside of Pokemon Sword and Shield, we saw the same thing this past holiday with Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu. They also had, of course, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate uh, and also Super Mario Party and things of that nature. They came out along in that same general time frame along with it, so it wasn't just based solely on Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Jamie, I want to ask you real quick before we head on to another subject. When it comes to Pokemon, the first iteration that came to the switch which is let's go eevee and let's go pikachu earned a combined 10 million units placing it in the top five all time already in the sales of the switch as far as software is concerned your thoughts on pokemon sword and shield if it can actually reach that number or go even higher i think
4: it can definitely reach that number i want to say it could probably go higher probably pique some interest but I'd say it would most definitely have to at least hit that number only based off of if people were buying Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu, without even fully knowing what a Pokemon game was going to even be like on a Switch. Then, now that they've got a taste of it, it kind of falls back on it was rolling out the red carpet for this.
0: Well, there will be more Switches available at that point in time. And because it is the number one selling console currently out in the marketplace, and for the rest of the year, most likely it will still achieve that status, it probably will be talking about what double the amount of units that are going to be available by this time next year so you would probably say there's going to be additional what 10 15 20 million units sold by the end of this year that's going to be available to buy pokemon sword and shield so that will be the hot name that'll be the hot ticket so there's definitely a chance that pokemon sword and shield could surpass what let's go eevee and let's go pikachu do but I don't know. For some reason, I'm getting the feeling that the novelty of the Pokemon series being on the Switch might be fading with another recent, especially just one year out iteration already in the books. I have a feeling that it might not do as well as Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu, but that's like splitting hairs because you still would be talking about a game that's still going to probably sell around the 10 million mark as well. So it's still something that would be very successful. I just don't want to see them getting into the point where they're going to be bringing out iterations every year. We're just going to be calling it Pokemon call of duty at some point in time. So that's, well, that's my, right. that's yeah. my fear.
1: The way I think it's being looked at right now is because they're coming on the switch, but look at the 3ds games. They had so many different spin-offs series. And that's what let's go is they've clearly stated when they announced it, It's a spin-off series that we had mist- things like mystery dungeon, things like Pokemon rangers things like that that were all on 3ds they're bringing yeah we had a lot of things that have been released over the years but i think it's being looked at differently this time just because i think a lot of people mistakenly put let's go in the spotlight of a main series game but in reality it's just the first spin-off we've seen so far and i think it's only going to get better uh so i i personally think that the main series is going to attract more attention than let's go especially from vet- a lot of veteran players I think it's going to surpass it i think it's going to hit over that targeted let's go mark because it's i mean it's just everyone's been waiting for for this moment for an actual rpg experience on the switch from pokemon
0: well that's some good thoughts right there once again i'm on with my good friends mr jamie monroy and his son tony monroy gotta catch everything that they're doing on their various twitch channels and also their various social media outlets as well Before we head on out, guys, I know we got to talk about something going on with Overwatch. Remember Overwatch? (laughs) And uh, I don't know if you guys caught wind of my interview with Jay Bartlett. We were talking a little bit about Overwatch. In fact, I'm going to be actually in the next few days. I'm going to probably go ahead and release the full version of that interview. I know we had a little bit on the Pop Culture Cosmos the other day. He was talking about Overwatch when it comes to his love for it that he once really had. The Overwatch League, he was our expert on. He was actually reporting on it. And if it comes to fruition once again and it, it stays out there in the spotlight, he said he would love to do it again. But Overwatch and itself as an entity is losing kind of it's a little bit of its luster because of the fact that there's so many entities out there that are actually succeeding even at a greater level when it comes to what's going on in the gaming world. And obviously, we talked about it so far and on the show when it comes to Fortnite, Apex Legends, PUBG. Yes, even Anthem right now, even though it's mixed reviews, has garnered a lot of trolling out there, but it's also garnered some people that have an interest in the game because it is bioware. Want to ask you what's going on with Overwatch, Jamie? I mean, do you think it's going to free to play anytime soon? Because that's obviously the next step for a game that may be losing its luster when it comes to paid sixty dollar, thirty dollar, forty dollar investments into the game. Is free to play right around the corner?
4: I think free-to-play is already snuck up on it, tapped up on the shoulder, and said, hi, we're just waiting right here for you to say, push the button. I mean, honestly, I enjoy Overwatch. I still love Overwatch a lot. But I, I see it, it's free-to-play is like I said, it's knocking at the door already, it's waiting. It needs to do that if it wants to get back some of its base that it's lost.
0: I think that's a step in the direction where it has to go to as well. But Tony, I know going to free-to-play is probably something that, like, Jamie said is right around the corner. What -hmm. do you think they can also do to draw in more consumers? Because you said they're trying to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but similar things that that we've seen already in Fortnite and Apex Legends.
1: So in addition of going free to play, which I think will grab a lot of people's attention, I think a a lot more content will will be needed and not necessarily just uh, more modes, more characters, because that's that stuff we see pretty regularly already. But I think they need more p v e content that's something we we've seen with the uh, the anniversary events. It's something we've seen with Halloween just even even some of the winter shenanigans had that vibe to it and I love it. I think overwatch at its core has always deserved a story. I don't know if they could use a story mode, but I love the p v e environments that they've done. I think they've just been executed really well in terms of just either it being waves or a progressive sort of story with that team that you have, I think that'll draw a lot of people back in because that's something that everyone's always wanted because they're always doing something with the story for Overwatch. But you never see it in game when you're, when you're fighting a, another Tracer as a Tracer in a game. You don't think about her backstory or things like that when you're doing that. You think about the backstory when you're doing the uh, Tracer's like first mission sort of thing. That's when you think about the, the stories, or when you're reading the comics, things like that, I think that'll draw a lot of people back in. But I think the first big trigger is going to have to be the free-to-play. They've gotten these ridiculously big price cuts recently. The game I see sitting around anywhere from 20 to $35 now, and that's been pretty much permanent. And I think that's a good thing. I think they're they're going to try and squeeze the last little bit out of it as much as they can. But I think with the upcoming uh, Overwatch anniversary that we'll, we'll have, I think that's when we're going to see the announcement for it because that, that, that's just the best timing. Coming out randomly would be very weird, I guess. I think the anniversary would be a very perfect moment for them to execute that plan if they're going to try and do it well. And especially if they're going to add more content with that because the anniversaries are always one of the best events.
0: That they are, and if Overwatch, like you said, wants to go ahead and grow that base once again to where it was at just two short years ago, and even a year ago when around the time that the the Overwatch League was really kicking into high gear, they definitely have to make some changes, and both of you have made some great suggestions on what they need to do and what they should do in order to get that base back. Let me ask you out there, do you think Overwatch could be a game that you could get back into if it goes free to play? Let us know pop culture cosmos humanity media and game source on facebook twitter and instagram as well guys it's been great having you on the show and part of the pop culture cosmos
3: if you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games we can help retro city games in henderson nevada only five minutes from the las vegas strip has all your favorite gaming staples classics and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves
0: And I want to thank Jamie Monroy and Tony Monroy from Game Source for being part of the show and sharing their thoughts. If you need a listing where we're at, because we're being played all around the world, seven days a week with our two shows, the Monday and Friday shows, but it's being replayed on radio stations all around the world, seven days a week. Check out our listing today at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It just shows you right there, all the different stations, their days and their times that they air our shows. Plus, if you just want to go ahead and download our episodes or just stream it right off of any one of those great podcast apps, we share a lot of those podcast links right there as well. Well, my friend, Mr. 100, you got a great thing going on with Humanica Media. Let us know what else is going on when it comes to Humanica Media.
2: Uh, Well, right now, it's just the 100th episode got put out today, but... You can always check out the back episodes, too, if you go on Humanicanmedia.com or YouTube.com slash media or just check us out on Podbean. We're also up on Facebook, so check that out. There's some more stuff coming down the pipeline. More stuff coming out soon. I just, it's time, you know, you, you know all about that, time to edit podcasts and all that stuff. So, yeah, that's it.
0: All right, once again, that is Topic Ocalypse, their one hundredth episode, and that's on the best TV show that you guys thought, correct?
2: Yes. Yeah, so the next part will be our top video games of 2018, and then we're done with our awards for the year.
0: All right, all right. And that's again on the Topic Ocalypse channel on Podbean, also Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so many other podcast outlets. If I asked you right now, so far early in 2019, before Captain Marvel has come out yet. This is before. If I asked you, what is the biggest movie worldwide when it comes to the box office? And who has garnered the most money before Captain Marvel has come out, mind you, worldwide? What would your guess be?
2: I would guess How to Train Your Dragon 3. Nah. Yeah. Alita Battle Angel. Nah. Yeah. And Glass.
0: And Triple yeah. You are not correct, sir. You are incorrect, sir. I am so sorry. You will not win the car on this episode. I'm sorry about that. But those are the number two, three, and four movies worldwide at the box office. Because at $655 million, according to the Box Office Mojo, The Wandering Earth from China is by far and away the biggest movie that's out there this year worldwide. It has garnered, like I said, over $650 million at the box office, primarily out of China. It actually debuted earlier in February, and it has just really just got a lot of buzz about it. I believe Netflix has actually either bid or purchased that. I'm going to check up on that here in a second. But it looks like Netflix has a great interest in obviously showing The Wandering Earth to a larger audience. But again, it has scored huge in China. And to me, this is something that's very important to pop culture because if you take a look at the trailer, it does show this type of science fiction movie, which we've seen versions of this type of thing domestically before here in the US or Europe or what have you. But this is something all entirely different, I think, from the Chinese film industry that really could change things going forward something that they really haven't approached in a large detail. They've been more either historical or fantasy oriented, or at least the movies that they've been wanting to promote worldwide have been in that realm. But this is something that's a big budget, huge blockbuster type film that I think really just changes the narrative going forward for the future of what the Chinese film industry could be all about as far as reaching a worldwide audience. Your thoughts on The Wandering Earth's success in China, first off, and the possibility that they could reach science fiction fans, pop culture fans worldwide with something that they produce that could really resonate with audiences worldwide. Well,
2: it's already playing down here. It's playing in Tustin, and there's a few other places I just saw. But yeah, I mean, it this is, you know, don't get me wrong, the Chinese market in, in terms of filmmaking has never been the best. But, you know, this goes to show that, Maybe there's some untapped potential there. They show our movies there, but we don't get a lot of their stuff here. And I, I, I'm, I don't know if it's with people don't like reading subtitles or whatever it is, but with this, like this, this is epic. Like this movie looks great. I'm, I, I'm curious. I want to watch it. But what else is out there? You know, what else can we? Because we have butchered a lot of foreign properties in the past that we tried to adapt into um, American. But like. This is good. This this looks good. This looks like there's a lot of good quality put into it. You know, it's science fiction. It's not, you know, about uh, mystical legends and stuff like that. Like it seems to genuinely have a story in it that the likes of which have not really been told in America outside of a Roland Emmerich film. So, heck, man, I I mean, I didn't even know about this until you sent me the that link earlier. But this looks amazing. Are you do you have any interest in seeing it?
0: Well, Netflix did buy it. That's the deal that they've made already with the Chinese film industry, the Chinese production company involved. They have purchased it. So you will be able to see it on Netflix. Netflix, again, throws out the cash and look what it's got. I am interested in seeing it. And this intrigues me because this is not the first time that there could be a possibility of a movie that translates well, a foreign movie, a a dub movie, subtitle movie that translates well to an entire audience. We've even seen movies such as Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Movies like that that have resonated with folks out here in the West, in Europe, and in other places that have scored well, even though they were subtitled and they were meant for a different type of audience as far as the originating factor is concerned. So to me, it sets a better example because this is something we haven't seen from the Chinese film industry, being able to have a movie that typically has only gotten success from American or European production companies. Now could be something that a Chinese production or Chinese film industry movie could really score well with audiences on a worldwide basis. And we're not talking about just being successful to a select few here in the United States and in Europe. We're talking about something that could reach a worldwide audience directly via Netflix. I think they're being very smart about it instead of going ahead and trying to, to show it into 2,500, 3,000 theaters here and trying to see if it, it will do well. They're showing it in some select theaters, but they're also going to be going ahead and making a major push on Netflix. I think it's a real smart deal. I think they're really trying to go ahead and do the right thing when it comes to The Wandering Earth. And in the long run, that just means that might be more opportunities for science fiction to come out of the Far East and really be something special that could resonate well with audiences. We've talked about before with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, The Raid Redemption, and now The Wandering Earth. There could be some really good stuff out there that people are missing if they don't check out these fine performances from films that come from different areas outside of just the usual suspects that we see so often.
2: Right. And also like Donnie Yen, if you've seen any of his stuff, he starred in It Man. He plays It Man. But like, those are great movies. Even his like Legend of the Fist, like that's a great movie. Look at Tony Jaa's Ong Bak films, you know, even The, the Protector, like those were all really great movies and they did very well in american film festivals so there is a desire for that kind of thing it's just nobody's really seems to want to take a chance on it and that's what kind of I, i don't know like makes makes people doubt that we'll ever see new original ideas on in any big theaters so again that goes back to the streaming platforms there is a lot of untapped potential there in terms of what they can do, what kind of things they can provide to us, what they can show
0: us. And the first films that really had Jackie Chan really progress as a popular actor worldwide were films that were subtitled Jet Li, the same thing and Bruce Lee, even the same thing. Yes. They all made American English movies after that, but at first it was movies that had to be subtitled for English or outside audiences outside of the Far East to be able to go ahead and, for the most part, understand what was going on. It were subtitled movies. So even those actors have had great works before they went ahead and became worldwide box office stars. So there's a lot out there to choose from when it comes to movies that are made and produced worldwide. And one more addition is a huge addition. It's the biggest movie of the year so far to date. It is The Wandering Earth, and you'll be able to check it out pretty soon when it comes to Netflix, so look forward to that. Or even if it's playing right now in select theaters near you, you might want to check it out there as the best experience because it looks to me, from all appearances, it's that big blockbuster epic that might be best viewed on a movie screen. What are your thoughts out there on The Wandering Earth? Do you agree with us that this could be an option for you that you'll check out on Netflix or even on the big screen? Share us your thoughts, Pop culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanity Media, and Game sorts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, don't forget to catch us on our Friday episode where we will be talking nonstop wall to wall on Captain Marvel. I got a lot of great things planned to talk about, and I know Josh has a lot of great thoughts on it as well, as far as the overall synopsis, where we think it's going to fit in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, how we think it's going to do financially, because you know we, we love the numbers here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Plus, I want to get some other opinions on what Captain Marvel will do for the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hopefully, I want to get some guests on that to speak their mind as well. But before we head on out, my friend, you want to talk a little bit about Gearbox. Some decisions and announcements are being made in the near future that you think are really going to shed some light on where Gearbox is going next.
2: Yeah, so we have not heard a lot from Gearbox in a while past the, the scandals, you know, the USB stick at medieval times and his ever-growing issues with his former business partner and, you know, their yeah, USB stick like Gerald's holding. Yeah, and all that stuff. Like, that's all we ever hear from them. And you know I'm a huge Borderlands fan, my absolute favorite video game of all time. And I am... Really? I'm, I
0: would never know that! <laughs>
2: I've been waiting for so long for Borderlands 3. And then this announcement pops up on the computer the other day that they have a panel going on at PAX where they're going to make five big announcements. And what we do know is one of them is most likely going to be a Brothers in Arms announcement. As for the other two, the speculation is, one, that it's going to be Borderlands 3, which I hope is a thing, and it needs to be released sometime this year would be nice or early 2020 maybe february or something but the other one was interesting to me because i came across this on reddit earlier that sources say that one of them is going to be a borderlands one remaster which if that's the case and that comes out this year that could very well tide people over until borderlands 3 comes out but it's interesting to me that that would be a pick for them because They have never mentioned anything about it. If it was something they wanted to do, I thought they would have put it into the Handsome Jack collection. So super interesting. And as for the others, I don't know what else it could be. You know, it's not like Gearbox. They're not going to put out another Battleborn or another Bulletstorm or something like that. There's just there's not a lot out there Other than Borderlands and Brothers in Arms that are really of any interest to people right now, unless they're new IPs, in which case, how are they using their resources in terms of things that they they should be putting out? Because from what I understand, Gearbox is, is not doing so hot financially right now. So they really need to put out a hit and it just doesn't seem like now's the right time to be investing in new IPs. They should put out something that they know is going to sell. You're not interested
0: in a Duke Nukem Forever too?
2: You know, I just, uh, as as much as I I love the Duke, I just not, no, (laughs) no, not
0: after uh, what they did to the last game. I'm sorry to hear that. I I know Duke will be sad as well, so, but I think at some point they're going to redo his IP. I'm going to tell you right now, I think they will bring back Duke Nukem in some form. It may not be sooner, but it will be later.
2: He's not really a character that fits well into modern gaming, but I can see him as a Borderlands character. Right. I think he's going to come back in some form. I oh, he will be. be. He's he's iconic, but I mean, just as a standalone character, I don't see
0: him fitting very well into the modern gaming scene. Yeah, I think he's a relic of the past, but I think sometime in the future, I think Duke Nukem will rise in some form or fashion once again
2: ladies and gentlemen you heard it here first another gerald glassford prediction will it happen who knows but you can hold him accountable for it at popculturecosmos at yahoo.com yeah,
0: but then again i've got all of eternity to go ahead and and wait for it you know because we're talking about at any point in time
2: this is true but you do know that he right. would be one of those people that made the bad reviews about captain marvel pre-release
0: yeah he would have been You're right. <laughs> That's true. He would have been the first of the trolls. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.